What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day and an amazing week as you guys tune into today's episode. So my loves, for those of you guys who are new to the podcast, my name is Deandra Nicolette. I'm the host of Manifest Daily. I want to welcome you to your first ever Manifest Daily episode. Listen, it's a vibe over here. Okay, so strap in, strap in, grab you some tea, some water, whatever you need to keep the throat coated, hydrated, all that good stuff. And we're going to dive in for all of my OG listeners. Hey girl, hey. Hey boy, hey. Y'all know what to do. Okay, I'm excited to have y'all back for another episode. So my loves, I'm so excited. Today we're chatting all about imposter syndrome. Y'all already know imposter syndrome, I feel like it just, it lives rent free in my head as a term because honestly, like when does it not rear its ugly head in my life, honestly, at this point? But I'd asked you guys a couple weeks ago on Instagram about different episodes that I had planned for the month of October just to see what you guys wanted to hear. And basically the order in which you voted that you wanted to hear a specific episode was the order in which I planned these episodes. So imposter syndrome was the second most voted on topic for this month. So this is why we are here doing an episode on imposter syndrome. So we're gonna be talking all about what imposter syndrome is. If you're new to the term, if you haven't heard it before, we're gonna dive into what it is, what causes it, and most of all, how we can actually like battle it. I feel like battle sounds very violent. It just sounds like very aggressive. I'm not an aggressive person. So, you know, I'm using that term with a grain of salt, but how we 
address maybe how you respond to imposter syndrome so we're gonna get into that but before we zoom y'all know I love to set the scene for you guys like basically give you guys insight into where I am as I record a specific episode so my loves right now it is currently Monday October 18th I'm definitely getting into the habit of recording these episodes the day before they are due which at this point it doesn't feel stressful to me right now I think it's because I am you I ooh, I cannot I can't talk clearly but I'm really using my weekends to lean into rest lean into play lean into flow and so when I get back to work on Mondays I feel like it's not bad to have to sit down and record an episode for Tuesday so it is Monday October 18th as I currently record it's 4 41 p.m a little bit late okay a little bit late I'm taking my lunch now I did eat lunch earlier though you guys know I've been talking about how it's kind of been a struggle like eating on time or like doing certain things on time because I've been so so busy and one of the things that I actually posted on Instagram the other day was ways that I have been changing up my wellness goals specifically in the way that I'm creating and addressing and going after specific wellness goals specifically around my diet I have this thing where I get really really stressed and I either overeat sweets because that's kind of like my comfort go-to food or I will get so caught up in my day so caught up in whatever I'm doing whatever work you know I'm doing nine to five work manifest daily work that I don't eat until it's like really late and then I either eat not the best stuff I order out I eat Trader Joe's mac and cheese all the time and it's just like not the greatest so I created this plan for myself to address my my dietary needs and the way I'm fueling my body on a week by week basis and honestly it's only day two but I gotta give myself kudos for sticking to it it's going well today I made this delicious sea scallop and pesto pasta dish for lunch and then I had some kettle corn for dessert because listen somebody used to talk to the Lord for me and tell him to release me from the shackles of having to have something sweet after every single meal because that's me whenever I see that tweet I'm like are y'all really coming from my life right now because that is literally me but honestly it really helps to have like a bunch of a kettle corn on hand because I love kettle corn and it really does help my sweet tooth that and prunes yes I know I'm an 82 year old woman at heart I love me a good pitted prune okay so anyways it is Monday sun is coming in uh in my office the sun always comes to my office around the afternoon time so it's literally shining in my eye right now I'm like great love that I'm glad I'm wearing sunscreen super goop love a good super goop sunscreen hopefully maybe they become a sponsor one day we would love that because honestly I do enjoy their sunscreen also, you guys, we are celebrating 400,000 downloads. I almost had $400,000. Listen, if somebody want to run some money to my bank account, I mean, by all means, I could put my cash app in the show notes. We today are not celebrating $400,000 just yet, but downloads. And I want to thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to these episodes, for continuously supporting, for sharing with your friends, for sharing on social. Literally every single time I like post a repost of you guys listening to the podcast it makes me so happy I know that it takes time to obviously stop and like screenshot and go to Instagram it's like you gotta take steps to do that you know what I'm saying so I don't take it by take it for granted by any means so I want to thank you guys so much for helping me to get to 400,000 downloads onward and upward and you already know I'm gonna talk about the giveaway at the end of this episode so stay tuned for more info on that although I don't really have too too much more info it's just more so we are getting to that 500,000 download number way quicker than I thought we would which is obviously really really good but just means I need to take my little booty out and go shop
shopping for this giveaway like this weekend because I've been playing and I need to get the stuff because like y'all need to have some good stuff in the giveaway basket, okay? Another thing I want to address as like housekeeping because I know some of y'all are wondering, okay, maybe not, maybe nobody cares because like, I don't know, but like I feel like my nosy ass would be wondering. Y'all know in the last episode, I told y'all I had went on a, why is there a gnat in my office right now? First of all, back up. It's the disrespect as I'm recording almost flew in my mouth. Like, ugh, rude. Y'all, let me give you the update. So I went on the first date. What was it? Last week? I think it was the date that I told y'all. I do not know when I went on that date. But I know in the episode I talked about going on a date. The date went well, okay? The date went well. And that is all I'm going to say about that. It just went well. I had fun. It was a great date, okay? And I feel like in today's dating world, that is a win in my book to go on a date and actually like have a good time with a good person whose company that you enjoy. Because I feel like that is a little bit rare these days in the dating world. So I'm going to just say that. And then the last last housekeeping thing is there is no new YouTube video today. If you're someone that's also subscribed to my YouTube channel, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for subscribing to that. It has just been, like I said, a week and a weekend where I really wanted to take time to rest. And I'm so close, I feel like, to burnout that I'm like at this edge where I keep having to take a lot of breaks to really help myself not fall off that burnout cliff again, because it's just not fun to be there and to fall off the cliff. I wanted to just honor myself, honor my body, honor my vessel kind of where I am um, with my physical and mental and spiritual and emotional energy and not necessarily fully record. So I actually started a vlog, but I haven't really added much to the vlog this weekend simply because I wanted to take time to rest. So there's no new YouTube video today. I might come out with one on Friday or I might come out with, or I might come out with one on Friday, but if not, there'll be a new video next week. So for those of you who tune into the YouTube videos, just know that is coming, but it's not coming today, okay? Now that we've kind of addressed all of the housekeeping items okay all of the fun stuff about where I am what my current situation looks like all that good stuff I want to go ahead and dive into this imposter syndrome episode so grab your tea grab your water I got my water bottle right here honey you already know I gotta keep the throat coated baby grab a little honey for that tea I don't really like honey but if you do I heard it's good for the throat okay get you some tequila if you want and let's go ahead and dial in dial in Ugh, I I've clearly been on too many calls for work today. Like, can you tell I've been on calls all day? Let's go ahead and dive in, okay? Dive in to this episode. not familiar with the term imposter syndrome, I felt that it was really important for us to kind of set the scene by defining imposter syndrome. I've actually done two different episodes on imposter syndrome before. If you guys are OG listeners, you probably already heard them. There's fraud part one and fraud part two, but this episode is going to be really a little bit more of a research episode. And so with that being said, I wanted to go ahead and find a just across the board general definition of imposter syndrome for us to work with throughout this episode. So according to very well mind, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like a phony. You feel as though any moment 
any time someone is going to find you out to be a fraud, like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through dumb luck. It can affect anyone, no matter their social status, work background, skill level, or degree of expertise. This is, like I said, a very general across the board definition of imposter syndrome that we can sort of refer to back throughout this episode as we talk about what imposter syndrome looks like, what causes it, how it shows up in our lives, and how we can actually start to respond to this thing in a way that's going to be conducive to us kind of moving forward better in our lives and achieving our goals and not letting us letting it hold us back. So when we're talking about imposter syndrome and that definition that we just explored, there are many different ways that imposter syndrome can show up in your life. And there are many different like symptoms for lack of a better word, because this syndrome, imposter syndrome itself isn't actually a, and I don't want to use the word legitimate, but it's not in the uh, DSM. Like psychology doesn't recognize this as a disorder that you can be diagnosed with per se, but it is something that we acknowledge as a real thing because we know it's a real thing, even though it's not necessarily a diagnosis that you can go to a doctor and get. So let's talk about how this can show up in your life. So there's self-doubt, right? There's literally just you having a doubt of who you are, having a doubt of your abilities, all that good stuff. There's the inability to realistically assess your competence and skills. There's also imposter syndrome showing up as you attributing your success to external factors, right? So it being something like, oh, it's just luck or, oh, I'm only here because that person got me here or I'm only in this room because someone else was able to put me in this room, not necessarily because of my own talents or my own expertise. There's also berating your own performance. So that can sound like you being like, damn, like I wish I did this better like or the way that I did this sucks. Mention this sort of, and I'm gonna refer to the last episode a lot because in the last episode, that was my impromptu episode on, oh my gosh, what it what is going on today? You did not need to be blowing that horn. Ugh. Okay, y'all, I apologize for that because I don't know what that was or why that was a thing. But anyways, I'm gonna refer to the last episode that we did, which was the self-sabotage episode, simply because I feel like that episode just has a lot of golden nuggets in there. And a lot of the way I talk about my specific thoughts around my growth and the growth of the podcast, I feel like you can really hear the way imposter syndrome sneaks into just reflection in a live moment, right? You can hear that in my voice you can hear that in the way that I describe how I'm feeling the guilt uh the fear all those things and again one of the big things is berating your performance so I mentioned in that specific episode that as I sometimes record episodes I'll literally like sit sit and listen to the episode and kind of be like damn like this sucks like I wish this was better this is not as good of an episode as it could have been like I'll think all of these thoughts and then there will be part of me that sort of pushes myself to publish it because I know that there's a deadline or I know that I don't have time to be recorded or simply I don't have energy to re-record and then I publish it and I get a lot of good feedback and it often is this moment for me where I'm sitting here like damn like maybe I just am being way too hard on myself and being way too hard on the way that I assess how I show up for the podcast and the way that I assess how I actually perform on the podcast and how I deliver the content because maybe I am just not seeing it as clearly as I could. There's also this fear that you won't live up to expectations when it comes to imposter syndrome. So again, to give a specific example as to my experience, this one is huge as I think about the growth of the podcast and I think about more listeners and so many more of you beautiful souls discovering my work and my voice and this message and this community. It's an amazing feeling, but it also sometimes gives me a lot of fear because I'm like, what if I can't show up and live up to the expectations, right? You almost feel as if 
if the more that you are propelled into the chapters and the rooms and the seasons of life that you wanted to be in, the seasons of life that you have aspired to grow to, that there's this fear that when you get there, you won't be able to live up to those expectations. You won't be able to perform at the level and the caliber needed to sustain your place in that room and that chapter, but to also elevate to the next level. Another way that imposter syndrome shows up is this overachieving. I think we've made this idea of overachieving into a positive thing in our society, but is overdoing anything ever truly ideal? I actually posted this. I think this was a Twitter, a tweet, a Twitter tweet, a tweet that I posted recently on Instagram as a carousel as well. But I was asking this question of why do we consistently praise excess, right? And I'm not talking about abundance because there is, in my eyes at least, a difference between abundance and excess. But why do we consistently praise excess when it comes to doing or when it comes to achieving, especially if this excess of doing and achieving isn't necessarily great for our mental or physical health. And I feel like this creates this system that we, where we're constantly trying to do more, trying to achieve more, trying to go above and beyond. But yet it seems to have these very obviously negative effects on our mental health. We talk about things like burnout. We talk about overworking ourselves in the process to overachieve. And then there's also the fact that when you do overachieve or when you are trying to overachieve or when you are labeled as an overachiever, I find it also quite ironic that it's often the same people that are overachievers that are also the same people that experience imposter syndrome. So the very act of trying to do more and be more has led you to feeling less than in your life and less than in your career and the way that you show up in this world. Another way that imposter syndrome can show up as well is sabotaging your own success. Again, I mentioned this extensively in the last episode so that's so sabotage and I talked about how this shows up for myself personally in the form of procrastination so I'll know that I need to do a certain thing in order to either maintain success or to level up or to achieve a certain goal and I will literally see that thing on my to-do list know that I have to do it know there's a deadline and I will wait until the very last minute now we can argue that this is also me doing that right now as I record this episode but I really do think that this is just me clearly uh you know taking weekends or taking my weekend to enjoy my weekend and now I'm just recording an episode on Monday right before it's due on Tuesday but I do have a tendency to procrastinate sometimes and that is a way that I personally find myself self-sabotaging. I don't believe that you can truly block your own blessing like that's something that I'll sometimes hear and I I don't necessarily believe that right but I do think that we have the free will to self-sabotage and often I think what happens is when we do self-sabotage we have this way of delaying a blessing, but I don't think the delay was ever something that wasn't planned by God or the universe. The delay, in essence, can be a lesson that you need to learn about self-sabotage and about delays and about you possibly doing things that are not conducive to your growth and success. But I, I don't think you can ever, you know, fully stop yourself from having or being or achieving something that you are meant to, unless, of course, you have multiple different paths you could take and you just choose not to take that one specifically. Another way that imposter syndrome shows up is by setting very challenging goals for yourself and feeling disappointed when you fall short, essentially, right? So this is about setting the bar and the standard ridiculously high. And I, I'm someone that I praise us 
as people setting high standards for ourselves, right? Not just high standards for ourselves in the way in which we show up in this world, but the high standards for the things that we accept, the way that we are treated by friends and family and, and coworkers and bosses and everyone that we have in our lives, right? I think you should have standards for that and those standards should be high. But there's a difference between high standards and like super high standards that are almost to the point of you looking for perfection. If your standards are set to the point where they're so high that they're literally impossible to achieve or almost nearly feel impossible because like really nothing is impossible but if they feel really really just out of grasp out of reach and you are forcing yourself to try to achieve a certain result in a very short amount of time and if you fail to do so you beat yourself up that is kind of an example of a way that imposter syndrome can show up in your life like you've you just set the bar so high to a point where you kind of know it's going to be really hard to get there you don't get there and then you're like damn I suck and it's like no you don't suck it was just a really high set bar with a really short timeline and you, you kind of were just, your back was against the wall like it, it wasn't anything to do with you but more so where the bar was specifically set Imposter syndrome can also lead to what's known in psychology as the self-fulfilling prophecy. So the self-fulfilling prophecy is this idea. Well, I'll give the idea of the self-fulfilling prophecy as it relates to imposter syndrome. But basically with imposter syndrome and self-fulfilling prophecy, it starts by you thinking, well, I don't belong in this room. I don't belong here. I, you know, I, I, I don't deserve to be here. And then you basically perform in a way that confirms this initial behavior. So you don't do as well. You kind of underperform. You you don't even really show up as your best self because you already are thinking, well, I don't even belong here in the first place. So why show up as my best self? Whether this is a conscious or a subconscious thought, of course. And then as a result of you performing or underperforming, rather, you end up being confirmed as not necessarily needing or deserving to be where you are because you essentially underperformed, right? So you, you've confirmed your own bias. You've confirmed your own belief that you don't necessarily belong, not because you don't, but because in thinking that you didn't you didn't allow yourself to really blossom and bloom and show up in your best way and best self possible and so that's kind of how self-fulfilling prophecy and imposter syndrome can kind of like play together to sort of create situations in which we essentially are confirming our own biases and essentially our own our own beliefs right because at the end of the day our reality is formed by our beliefs and if we believe something to be so true if we believe it so deeply in our hearts it it comes to be true in some ways in our reality especially Especially if your belief is that you don't belong and you uh, you show up in a way that confirms that subconsciously it's going to also confirm that in your outer external reality as well so let's dive a little bit into talking about where imposter syndrome actually starts because this is such an interesting phenomenon that it, it's one of those things you kind of got to like look back and examine like what is the root cause of this? So according to the American Psychological Association, many people who feel like imposters grew up in families that placed a big emphasis on achievement. In particular, parents who send mixed messages alternating between overpraise and criticism can increase the risk of future fraudulent feelings societal pressures only add to the problem so this is a really interesting observation and a really interesting quote that I pulled from the APA because I feel this like to my core okay I feel this to my core you guys growing up as an immigrant in a Caribbean household this was essentially my reality every single day my grades were pretty much A's and B's and essentially that was 
really it was only supposed to be A's, but that's what was seen as like, this is the standard. Like, this is what you get. Like, this is what's acceptable. You know, my parents essentially moved here to allow me to have a better education. And so in doing so, overachieving and overperforming was expected to be my norm. I remember this one time in high school, I literally got one C. Like, I got my first C ever, and I had such a feeling of failure, of shame, because I felt like I'd done my entire family such an injustice because it's like, how you gonna get a whole C when your family done uprooted their whole life to move here so you could get a better education? Like, I felt like I was really just letting everyone down. And there was such a high pressure on school and on my performance at school. And it's interesting because this, I think, caused me to place a lot of emphasis on external validation in particular, especially when it comes to external validation making me feel competent enough in my everyday life. Let's face it, at the end of the day, grades are external judgments and external validation, right? We start kids off in school and I feel like this is its own other specific talk and topic because I could go on for a day about this one y'all but we start kids off in school where it's like they're given grades on their performance and sometimes the grades itself I feel like don't necessarily have to do anything with the work or how the child thinks or how the child wants to create or how the child wants to show up but it's based on this ruling system that's a one-size-fits-all and we know at the end of the day that everyone is not fit to the same measurements like we all think differently we all have different abilities we all work differently and having grades sometimes I feel like create this this system where we feel judged and we feel like there's basically one measure of the way we're going to be judged in society and if we don't fit to that and if we don't perform well in order to be judged well by that system then we're essentially you know seen as failures we're seen as outcasts we're seen as those who don't fit the mold I basically grew up needing people to judge me well in my life from my teachers to my parents and I felt such a strict adherence to this idea Idea of like A's and B's are it, overperformance is it, getting the best of the best, being the best of the best in school, getting into the honor system, the AP classes, the top colleges, the full scholarships, like that was what was expected because anything other than that was just not accepted, right? And so it, it put me in this place where honestly now I always like make this joke and it's not even really a joke at this point y'all but I say that I perform well under pressure and I don't necessarily know if that's a great thing because I also know that I am I do perform well under pressure when my back's against the wall and I have to get something done and I have a short timeline and I have very little resources I will get that thing done and being that way has awarded me you know a lot of moving up in this world in terms of my career because I think a lot of people people, a lot of like different hiring managers or recruiters or whatever have seen that in me that I can overperform in times of stress. But I don't necessarily think that is always a great thing because just because I perform well in a stressful environment doesn't mean I'm not stressed. I just internalize my stress to the point where I think it goes other ways and it shows up in my life in other ways. It shows up as body pain. It shows up as overeating, you know, sweets. It shows up as me lashing out at people when I'm really stressed and when I'm really just under the wire. But yet, you know, my work will always turn out good because guess what? I gotta get those high grades, you know? 
know what I mean? According to the American Psychological Association, again, the imposter phenomenon and perfectionism often go hand in hand. So-called imposters think that every task they tackle has to be done perfectly and they rarely ever ask for help. I do think in some ways imposter syndrome, right, and this idea of perfectionism and imposter syndrome can in some ways catalyze growth because it can lead to increased feelings of being perfect and in that way can lead to you doing the most, constantly trying to up level, constantly trying to remain, you know, on top or relevant in your life. And again, I think this can have a positive effect in that you do show up doing a lot, you do kind of get a head because you're overworking but then we got to look at the negative side of that again y'all because overachieving isn't the end all be all because what happens at the end of the day you're going to overachieve you're going to you're going to keep going up 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 and up until you're overworked you're overtired you're burnt out you literally you're, you're experiencing all the negative side effects of this idea that you have to be perfect and that you cannot show up as an imposter or you cannot be found out as an imposter in your life and if you don't overachieve overperform overdo you will be discovered. And I think that, again, the, the negative effects of this, I think, greatly outweigh the positive effects, even if the negative effects aren't seen for a while. You know what I mean? There is this idea in our world, at least, that we must always be the best, right? We got to create the best. We got to have outputs that are mistake-free, that are perfect, even though we know that perfect itself is this illusionary concept that doesn't exist. So why do we focus on perfectionism, this idea of perfect, this idea of mistake-free, when we all know that at the end of the day, we are human, and as humans, we make mistakes? To acknowledge our humanity and embrace our imperfections and flaws should be a normalized thing. Like we should literally make this a normalized thing. I think we are seeing kind of more of that change in our world happen. At least I have kind of seen that shift and people addressing and accepting and normalizing imperfections and flaws. But this is this is something that we really should move to do versus crafting this seamless appearance that only serves to inflate our sense of self through, again, external validation. The more that we focus on external validation, the more that we continue to chase external validation and the more we place less emphasis on who we truly are at our core and more emphasis on who the world essentially tells us that we are or tells us that we are showing up as. Another quote from the American Psychological Association is that it's especially prominent among people with underrepresented identities. So this is really interesting, I think, because it begs the question of like, what happens when you get to a certain space, when you get into a certain room that you've always wanted to be in and you don't see anybody that looks like you? <laughs> Like you literally are going to feel like you don't belong there. I attended a predominantly white institution for college and grad school and all of the jobs that I've had after college have been places where I have personally struggled to find other black women in these spaces. And that's kind of been really distressing, honestly, to say the least, because it's often made me feel as if I didn't necessarily deserve to be at this top college, at this top grad school, at this amazing job. And the position that I was in, I was only there to sort of like fill this diversity role as like the black woman candidate. It just made me feel as if I wasn't there for my abilities and the way that I performed. It was more so because I was there to fill a particular role that was needed to make the company or the school look better. And although I know this isn't true necessarily because I did work hard in high school, I worked hard in college, I like have worked hard all of my life to get to where I have been, to get into these rooms, to get into these spaces, to be amongst these people, to basically rise up and show that a 
black woman can be in these spaces and actually like do an amazing job in these spaces and give more representation to these spaces. But it is really hard to be in these spaces. How many times have I said in these spaces? Y'all, but it is hard to be in these spaces and to look around and not see anyone else that looks like you and wonder how the heck did I even really truly come to be here? Like even though you have the facts and receipts of your hard work, it does introduce a little bit of that doubt. And I think that underrepresentation is a huge piece of imposter syndrome that needs to really be addressed, especially when it comes to women and people of color in particular in some of these more coveted spaces, these more like high, uh, what is it? Like high, high I want to say high baller, <laughs> but some of these places that have, you know, historically been closed off to people of color. I think there needs to be more access to these spaces for it to really help with this just collective issue of imposter syndrome that we're seeing in our world today. Now that we've kind of talked about imposter syndrome and we've also talked about the core of where it starts and sort of all the symptoms and things like that, I want to talk about how to deal with this. And like I said, I have two other episodes about imposter syndrome where I give tips on how to kind of address and respond to imposter syndrome. I think those tips and those episodes and what I talked about there, because I covered this book that I read about imposter syndrome in that first episode, I believe. So I think that's all valuable information, still definitely super, super relevant, but I kind of wanted to give some additional tips in this specific episode as well. So the first thing I have on my list is remember what you do well. So write down the things that you're truly good at and address the areas that you need work. And this can really help you to recognize what you're doing well and also recognize where there's actual room for improvement. I think it's good to kind of like write things down to make a list when it comes to imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. It's really hard to say at this point and it's been almost an hour of recording. Okay. Actually, not really it's been 33 minutes but anyways so I think it's really good to write things down because a lot of times with imposter syndrome like these thoughts live in our heads right I said the the beginning of this episode it'd be living rent free okay and these thoughts live in our heads and can be really easy to like ruminate and to think about this stuff and to kind of like get into your head and literally just be panicking about like do I belong here and am I an imposter are people gonna find me out like am I performing am I not doing well all these things but pen to paper like literally helps so much to actually write things down like what have I done like what do I do well like how do I show up what do I know I do really well and where are some things I could improve in like personally for me I know that one of the things I could do well to improve in is just kind of like networking and connecting with other people especially when it comes to my career and specifically at work I am very independent as a worker and I tend to kind of get in my own shell and space and sort of do my own thing and as long as I'm showing up and doing the work I kind of really don't want to network and talk to other people like that much and you know that sounds kind of bad but really that's kind of how I tend to work is I, I I tend to work in like a silo and like by myself. And that's one of the things that I know I personally have to improve in because it's not that I'm not personable. I'm very charismatic and I can chat anyone up, you know, if given the chance, but it's just that I don't necessarily like want to always put myself out there for my work specifically because I think my career goals don't necessarily align with me networking at work, if that makes sense. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. But yeah, so another thing is like, you know, 
know, what I know I do well is I know I can create a plan really well. So that's something where managing a team, it's important for me to address because oftentimes I'll feel like an imposter as the manager of my team and I'll kind of feel like, well, damn, like, am I even leading my team well? Like, should I even be in this role? And then I'll kind of look to, you know, the fact that I am really good at looking at a bunch of details and kind of creating a cohesive plan for how we're going to attack a specific goal or how we're going to do a specific thing in our work. So sorry if you guys can hear that helicopter let me pause for a second okay i'm back usually i try to cut that out as much as possible but i was on such a good roll there and it kept coming and i was like is the helicopter gonna leave or and i was like oh not it flying right above my head loud as hell anyways another thing for dealing with imposter syndrome is being gentle with your be oh why can't i talk right now so another thing when dealing with imposter syndrome is to be gentle with yourself and giving yourself that grace especially when it comes to navigating something new or starting a new chapter i don't think i had this quote in here maybe i, I took it out but one of the things i found doing my research is that imposter syndrome tends to come up a lot when we are starting a new chapter when we are studying something new so whether this be a new job or uh you are studying a new business or anything particularly new in your life that sort of forces you to take on a new hat or take on new reins new responsibilities you might have moments where you doubt like am I good enough to do this thing because it's so new to you right and I think again you just gotta like be gentle with that navigation period because at the end of the day you are new to something you are new to something you're going to make mistakes you're going to falter a little bit you're going to have questions there are going to be things that pop up that you have never addressed before because this is new and so it's important for you to actually give yourself that grace and be gentle with yourself and not necessarily berate yourself or be upset at yourself because you don't know how to address something that you've never faced before it's kind of like you know when you're teaching someone something new and they don't know how to do it it's like you're not gonna be like you're you're so dumb like you don't know how to do this thing it's like they've never done it before like how would they know how would they know what to do next how would they know the next step to take how would they know that this is a mistake until they do it learn and try it again right so you got to kind of give yourself that same grace that you would almost give a child like literally as if you're parenting a child and in some ways we are and you know many of us often reparenting ourselves in many areas of our lives that not necessarily are that our parents failed in but that our parents didn't know any better in and in some of those areas it is going to be the things that you are new to that you're almost like you know acting as that parent to sort of guide your inner child and yourself into that new chapter in a very seamless and loving way another thing we can do when it comes to imposter syndrome is to talk to loved ones friends about this right allow people to listen to you allow them to give you that feedback allow them to hype you up I find that sometimes like if I'm really really feeling in my head about something I'll go to a couple friends of mine and I'll kind of be like you know I'll just be talking about my situation and naturally as my friends they tend to hype me up and you know this is part of that external validation category so I think this is done with some discernment this isn't done to be something where you're like every single time you're going to go to a friend and have them hype you up because then that can be a cycle in a situation where you start to rely on the external validation of friends and family to keep you going which I think can be in some ways you know problematic if that's your only source of dealing with imposter syndrome but I do think it's healthy to obviously talk to your friends and family about it and naturally let them hype you up like I think I remember the other day I think I told you guys on the self-sabotage episode I talked to my friend Tolu I've also talked to my friend Tanya B banana you know what I'm saying my girl B okay uh also Teray, Madison, Monica. I'm giving everybody shout outs in this episode, y'all. What to do? And often it's like my friends will just kind of be the ones to be like, wow, like you're you're killing it. Like you're doing this stuff, like you're doing all these things. 
when we're in our bodies and when we're living our lives and when we're moving around, we have this very limited vision of everything that we're doing because we're so in our heads about it, right? We're living this our everyday lives. But to outside people, to other people who aren't in your body, who aren't living your day-to-day lives, they can see your specific actions, your reality, your achievements from a beautiful different POV. I don't know why I said POV instead of point of view, but y'all know what I mean, okay? Acronyms. But they can see it from a different point of view. And so they can give you that feedback that you didn't necessarily have for yourself because you're not seeing it from that same point of view. You're seeing it from being tunnel visioned, living inside of it, living in that space, not necessarily from a place of observing how much you've done, how far you've come, and how much you are not an imposter. Another thing, I talked about this in the last episode or the last like imposter episode, imposter syndrome episode rather, but I talked about tracking and measuring your success. So again, putting pen to paper, super, super important. I love to write down the things that I have accomplished. If I'm ever in a space where I'm feeling really like in the dumps, like I'm really truly feeling like an imposter, I write down like, here's all the facts, the proofs of why I'm not an imposter. Literally look at the facts because imposter syndrome is a feeling. It's this emotion, right? There's no fact to you feeling like an imposter. There's no fact to it. It's often just you kind of ruminating over specific thoughts and kind of panicking and having a lot of anxious feelings and fear and the the, the overachievement and all that stuff kind of coming together to form this really vicious bubble and cycle of self-talk and self-hate speech but when you sit down and you look at the facts and you see like damn like I've really grown into this space or damn like I've made I've taken the time to grow I've taken the time to learn like here's why I'm where I am because I've achieved all these things it helps when you sort of look at the trajectory in that way on a piece of paper and you can refer to specific facts like this is what I did this is when I did it this is you know what happened next and sort of see how it all flows together that again the pen to paper so so helpful when it comes to imposter syndrome and also too when it comes to other emotions that's why we talk so heavily about journaling and the practice of journaling because often again when things live in your head we have a tendency to ruminate and to really kind of like zone in on things like a huge pimple and we just see things in a very different way and sometimes writing it down on paper and really allowing your thoughts to flow on paper can help you see how it's not that it's something else and it's it's not what you thought it was when you were kind of panicking about it and feeling that imposter syndrome. Another thing we're gonna do when it comes to imposter syndrome is letting go of perfectionism. We have high standards, right, for our lives, for our people, in our lives, for all the things, for all things we're manifesting for ourselves. There's a difference, again, between the the high standards and this idea of setting perfectionistic standards. So when we talk about letting go of perfectionism, we're talking about lowering this bar a little bit, adjusting our standards for success, right? Taking it away from this idea that everything has to be perfect every single time and really getting it more to this place where you are showing up and you are doing things that you feel proud of, right? If you did something and you showed up and even if it wasn't all the way perfect, were you proud of it okay then you you were successful was it perfect no but is anything perfect no so why would you expect that to be so focus on aiming for progression versus perfection and I think this is really important too when we talk about progression because progression doesn't necessarily like indicate a speed right progression forward is progression forward and even a step back quote-unquote could be progression forward if you learn a lesson through that step back so 
really allowing yourself to focus on the forward movement, no matter how slow, no matter how tedious, versus focusing on the perfection and the lack thereof. Another huge thing that has helped for me personally when it comes to imposter syndrome is reframing this idea of failure. And for me, I always like to put failure in quotation marks because I think sometimes we have a tendency to judge different things as failure that I don't necessarily think is failure. The questions to ask yourself is like, did you truly fail or did you fall short from this super high perfectionistic standard that you set for yourself? Did you truly fail or did you learn a lesson in the process that's going to help you pivot and try something else and go about it in a better way, a smarter way, a more effective way? Did you truly fail or are you just changing and pivoting so you can try something new? I think failure is basically when you decide to quit or to stop or to not ever do it again, not necessarily because you don't want to and because you don't feel aligned, but because you feel fear or because you generally just think that you're not going to get to that space. Failure is stopping short of what you deserve when you know you deserve it and you know you want it because you don't think you can get there. And then you can maybe say that I failed in my attempt because you haven't even gotten up or tried again. But if you're someone that's fallen down, but you get up and try again, or if you're someone that's decided to pivot your business, to change your major in school, to go after something new, to change your approach to life, to change what you want to do with your life, you're not a failure. You're just learning, you're evolving, you're pivoting. And I would say the true failure would be if you were to stay stagnant if you were to never evolve never change in your life and always just kind of be in this one spot like we don't want that we want to grow we want to elevate we want to basically change things in our lives and so that is true failure if you want something though keep going keep trying and your efforts aren't failures your efforts are just lessons I know such a platitude such a cliche but it really is true and at the end of the day like you really just be learning lessons out here when you be taking an L you learn your lesson you get up and you keep it moving okay the last thing is to accept that imposter syndrome will keep showing up and you are going to encounter imposter syndrome pretty much at any stage of your life whether you are this high-powered ceo whether you're the president of the united states whether you are doing all these big things like i don't care who you are you're gonna at some point encounter imposter now encounter imposter syndrome because it just naturally is a thing that tends to show up but feeling imposter syndrome doesn't necessarily make you any less deserving of being where you are it doesn't make you any less deserving of being in the room that you're in of sitting at the table that you're sitting at of doing the things that you're doing it literally does not make you any less what matters when it comes to imposter syndrome is how do you respond to it how do you deal with it when it shows up do you believe that it's true do you take that l and decide to stay down do you decide that okay you're you're right brain like i am an imposter i'm not deserving of being here i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna bow out like or do you decide you're gonna pull up and face that and be like baby i'm not no imposter like i got the receipts right here okay i did what i needed to do to get here i'm giving what i needed to have gave and i deserve to be where i am right now and that's really just how you gotta deal with it because it's gonna keep coming up so it's not something where it's like okay 
I dealt with imposter syndrome last week. Like, that's it. No, you know, it's a cyclical world out here. It'd be cycles showing up all the time. And this learning, this learning that we do on this spiritual journey, their learning doesn't end. Their learning doesn't end unless you were literally not here, part of this earth anymore. The learning keeps going. It's cyclical in nature. It's always going to be lessons. It's always going to be tough. So you just got to figure out like, how do you deal with it? How do you respond to it? Because the thing that, that comes for you, the thing that attacks you, the thing that shows up in your life to challenge you is not the thing that you need to be wary of or worried of. What you need to be thinking about is how do I respond to this thing that shows up in my life to challenge me? How do I respond? So my loves, that is imposter syndrome. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I really did enjoy recording this one. I get so passionate about imposter syndrome because y'all, it be showing up for me a lot. And I know personally that I really am dealing with a lot of it when it comes to my specific work, my career, like what I do for my nine to five and this podcast. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that in this chapter of my life, I'm really experiencing that a lot. I think that there's a lot of newness, a lot of growth in this chapter and a lot of quick growth that's happening in this particular chapter of my journey and it's really forcing me to sit with the discomfort of feeling like I don't belong while all the while knowing that I belong and I'm every bit of deserving of what I'm experiencing at this very moment and every bit of deserving of what is coming for me in the next chapters and the next moments of my life. So I want to thank y'all so so much for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it y'all already know what to do. Okay hit me up on the gram on the grizzy. Yay. It's all going to be linked in the show notes at The Manifest Daily on Instagram. Hit me up. A giveaway is coming very soon, my loves. Like I said, we are so close to our number, our goal for the giveaway. I already know what I'm getting for the giveaway. I just got to like literally buy it. And I'm pretty sure that October check that's going to be hitting from work is going to be the one funding y'all's giveaway gifts. Okay. Got to have that check hit the count first. You feel me? Got to run me my check at work. That is that, my loves. I'm literally, I think I'm going to have out to what is that store called home goods because i had my handyman come today and put together my dressers y'all i have bought these dresses y'all know the dresses i showed in my last youtube vlog and i was gonna put them together yesterday i literally had set up the vlog i was like guys i'm about to put together the dressers i took them instructions out i was like you know what i'm really just gonna tell my dude to come through and put these together for me because one thing about me is i will uh hire someone to do something that i just i just don't want to do i just did not want to do it girl because the the directions was giving complicated it was giving where's my screwdriver I don't really know right now it was giving where are the words like the pictures aren't looking like the Ikea pictures and I just I just couldn't it was it was stressful it was giving stress so had my handy guy come through and he put together my dresses my dresser slash nightstand is technically a three drawer dresser but I'm using them as nightstands because my bedroom is so big and I need to go to home goods and get like lamps or vases for them and then I also need to get a new rug because long story short I don't have my rug in my living room anymore and my living room looks literally so naked it's giving baby's bottom so I need to go to home goods and I need to go get a new rug I have a rug I want to get on rugs USA but rugs USA was talking about some it's coming on Saturday and girl I need it kind of like tomorrow so I think I'm gonna run through home goods real quick and and I hope home goods is giving like good prices for these rugs because I need a pretty large rug like an eight by ten like that's a that's a large rug. So let's see what the prices are giving. I also want 
a black rug, I think, which I've never had a black rug before in my life, but I'm trying to like go out of the box with my decor this time. I'm trying to get a little fierce, a little spicy, a little cayenne pepper in this biatch. So we will see how that goes. I will let you guys know. Obviously, you're going to see it on Instagram because like all I do is I post boomerangs with the same filter on my Instagram story. And we love it because really, you got to have a go-to filter. That's kind of what life is all about, having a go-to filter. You feel me? So y'all, thank you so much for being here, for listening to this episode. I appreciate you so, 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 so much. Okay, I'm going to go edit this episode because we got to get it scheduled for tomorrow. It's got to go up. It's got to go live at 12 a.m. You know, Central Standard Time. I was gonna say Eastern Standard Girl. You are not on the East Coast no more, period. But I will chat with you guys in the next episode. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Sending hugs. Bye, my loves. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali